up in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. I give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. It is no longer I who live, Lord, but your son Christ, Jesus, that lives through me, Father. And I ask that today your son be revealed through your words. I am your vessel, God. These are your saints. These are your people. You know exactly what they need to hear. And I ask that I am pure before you, God, and that you allow me to be wholesome and holy, set apart unto you, God, to bring forth this word so that today we can find peace, so that today we can experience love. And God, there is no one like you. You sent your son, Lord, and we thank you for all things through Christ are possible, God. So I love you and I give you this time. I yield myself to you. Jesus, I allow you and the Holy Spirit to speak through me. And I thank you that your word will accompany with signs, wonders, and miracles in everybody's life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm a, I won't say this. Last week and a half, my love has been challenged. And today, all I wanted to do was just come in here and do a worship service, not speak at all. Um, and Gene said I pretty much need to speak. So what God gave me is what I'm going to speak on. And uh, nothing more, nothing less. Um, and if we want to title this, I'm going to say it, I want it to be titled, Who's Your Daddy? Um, you know, we create a lot of things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we give people mantles that don't belong to them. <laughs> we give people power and authority that only belongs to God. Um, so the first half of what I'll be speaking on will be about idols um, that we create. And um, I hope you guys can roll with me. I'm just going to flow it with the Lord Jesus and allow him to speak through me tonight. Um, so I wrote down these questions and it says, what is an idol? I mean, what I have is, is anything that we give place over God? Ty, you want to turn that down for me a bit? And what I mean by saying anything we give place over God is anything that takes more time or anything that we give more time than God. Anything that takes precedent over what God has asked us to do. That is an idol. That can be a TV. Uh, that can be your uh, loved ones, that can be uh, your ministry, that can be anything. Um, but we don't want to give any idols any power. And what we do is when we give them energy, when we feed them, when we use them, uh, we give them power. Next question I had is, how do we get idols? <laughs> and I said, is anything we esteem 
or hold over God. And again, it's the things that we give more time and energy to. There's been a lot of times in my life that I knew I was supposed to do more, more with the Lord. But I allowed myself to be moved out of that place with God because of something I put before him. The next question is, why do we create idols? Because you know we can create them. The first one is for instant gratification. We create these idols because we want something now and we're not willing to wait on God. We're not. And what we do is we create these idols. And, you know, the Moses, the, the Israelites did that when Moses went to the mountain. They feared he wasn't going to come back. And I don't think he was gone. Was he gone only 40 days or I don't even know if he made it 40 days. <laughs> he might have been gone a day. And they said, all right, Aaron, let, let's give you all our jewelry. And we do that. We do that. It's amazing how fast we can give an idol God's power over us and start serving that idol. I also, well, I feel like the Lord gave this to me. I also believe it's to protect ourselves. When we've experienced something in life that has harmed us, we put something up and we watch it and say, if I create this, it can't do me any harm because I've made it. It's mine. It can't do me any harm because if I created it, it has no power over me, which is actually the opposite of what it does. And then it's also to have control over our own lives. Again, that goes back to an, a circumstance or situation where we have not got the results that we wanted. And say, if I create this or if I mold this, I can have control of that certain area of my life. And what I'm learning about what idols are is that for whatever reason, why we create them, we set them up, we put them up, we make them look pretty, we boast about them, we give it a lot of praise. And all we're doing is feeding it power. We're giving it power. But the beautiful thing about God, God says there's no other God before him. And we're not to have idols, but he'll allow us, he'll allow us to have our own idols. But that idol is put in place through our own power to utterly destroy us. To bring us to our complete end of ourselves. Because a lot of times we think that we are at our, our wits end or we're dead to the flesh. No, not until that idol is dead. And sometimes you don't know the idol until the veil has been lifted. Your eyes are clear. And in that song, it was talking about, man, which was touching me, how that pretty much God saves us. He saves us over and over and over and over again. I'm tired of being saved, y'all. I'm not tired of being saved, but can we move to a place of dominion? I'm tired of being rescued, man. That, that, that rescue, that there, there's some pain that comes with that. Yes. There's some pain. Um, but that idol, you give it power. And that power you give it is, early, is utterly to destroy the old man, to bring forth the new man. There's a pain that comes when you don't give your life fully over to God. Yep. There's a pain. Yeah. There's a torment. There's a lot. There's so many words you can say. There's a hell that comes too, not H-A-I-L talking about there's some real hell that comes. And uh, the truth is that pain that God allows you to feel because God can lift it in an instant. He'll use it to keep you from going back.
See, we think we've come to a place in God and you have this power and nothing can touch you. But when these idols are in place, you can only get so close to God. And yes, God will use everything for his glory. This is nothing but a testimony about what God can do. But in the midst of that testimony, we got to get to a place to where God is the only thing that we've ever wanted. You know, God won't hurt us. He will not bring pain on us. Everything else will if you give it that power. I have scriptures. Uh, My eyes have been open. Boy, I tell you, you can get so puffed up so quick. You think you know everything. And you know nothing. And you're a baby all over again. And then what, and what the idols do, man, they deceive you. They deceive you so bad that they make you retract and think about everything that you could have ever done. And say, what is, where's the truth in this? Where's the truth? Has the last 10 years of my life been a lie? Have I experienced any truth? See, now the idol has caused me to question what God has done in my life. And now I have to give God back that power. I have Psalms 8610. And, uh, This is humbling because I tell you, when God shows you, the real test is what will you do? Will you love unconditionally? For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. You know, we allow our idols to do wondrous and great things. but they're not God. And then I have Deuteronomy 5, 7. You shall have no other gods before me. How do you know you have a, an idol? How do, you ha- how do you know you have another God before God? When it has your, your complete thoughts. And then when God asks you to do something, you rebel. Because of that thought or because of that idol. Next scripture I have is Exodus 23 and 4. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image. Oh, my goodness. How many times do we be carving it up, making that thing look so pretty? My goodness. You know, it really don't even look pretty in real life. It's ugly. Oh, my goodness. It's hideous. And we were just so proud of what we created. Look. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Don't create your own idols. They will kill you. Uh, I'll tell you this. This is a quick testimony. I ride with Carl. Me and Carl do a lot of work together. And um, I shared some things with him, how I had an idol. He calls me on the phone. I can't even hold myself together. 
<laughs> I'm crying. This, I'm crying. Carl comes. He, he's supposed to be going to the movies with his girl, with his girls. He says, hey, Chris, man, you need me to come? Because I'm doing work. I'm like, I got to do something, man. My soul is getting beat up. I got to put my hands in something. And um, Carl's like, hey, man, I, I'll go to the movies an hour later. I'm going to come see you. <laughs> so I'm just raking these, these uh, this pine straw out. Carl walks up on me. I say, oh, Lord, this thing about to come down. Notice I haven't spoken to anybody. My soul is like completely like, you talking about taking jabs? You talking about getting beat up? I got beat up that day. Carl comes. He says, hey, man, you all right? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good. <laughs> I got this, uh, <laughs> I got my rake. You know, you can put your chin on the rake like this. It's like, yeah, man, I'm good. <laughs> I can laugh now. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell Carl anything. I just said, man, God is really doing some things in my life right now, bro. I break it. I just lose it. I'm crying, like, hysterically. Hysterically. On somebody's lawn on a Saturday morning. And, um. Uh, Later, <laughs> Carl's like, hey, man, he don't even know what to say. He just, he just Lord, I just asked you to give my brother peace. <laughs> just like, Carl, just, I don't know, man. I'm going through it. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going through it. And uh, the next day, I think we chat, we talk, and he said, Chris, this is what you're talking about? He said, man, I thought somebody died. And I said, yeah, somebody did. I died. <laughs> I died, Carl. You know, we think we die sometimes. We think we are dead, and we one of these fake zombies in these movies. We faking death. We not dead. Oh, trust me, I felt death that day. I felt like my life came down. I felt like everything was a is what. That's what happens when you give idols power. You may not even know why you're giving them power. I set up an idol because of something I've experienced before, and I said, if I, I unknowingly to me. The, my unrenewed mind created something that I would say, this will never hurt me. This will never hurt me. And I created that. I put that on something. That's something that put that on me? How can I get mad at that? <laughs> but unknowingly to myself, I did that. And when it came time for death, I could not abort. <laughs> I said, all right, I'm going to die today, Lord. You can take me right now. Uh, but it's good because it brought new life to love. We think we know what love is, y'all. The song was talking about how Jesus went to the cross. And I started writing this down. When somebody sins against you, we feel a pain. We do feel a pain. Jesus took the pain of the world, the sin of the world. I could have not even fathom that until I experienced this pain again. God did something that we couldn't do. We suffered one person or three people or, you know, in your entire life, maybe 10 people might have done something wrong to you. Think about all the people that came before us and that's going to come after us that are born into sin. That's powerful that he was able to withstand that. We get it. We go through something. We just want to die. It'd be better if I was dead. That's wild. Think about where where that portion of your soul can go. But God is greater. Okay, let me find my notes. Well, Exodus 2. Let's go to Ezekiel 6, 4, and 6. Then your altars shall be desolate. Uh, Can you give me uh, New King James? That is? Okay. 
Then your altar shall be desolate. Your incense altar shall be broken. And I will cast down and slain men before your idols. That's how I felt. I got slain before my own idol. And then I will lay the corpse of the children of Israel before the idols. And I will scatter your bones all around. Like the Lord said, yeah, this is what's going to go down. You all over the place, man. It's wild. I can laugh now. This is good. This is some healing right here. I'll tell you this. <laughs> In all your dwelling places, the cities shall be laid waste. Dang, everything has been corrupted from an idol. And the high places shall be desolate so that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate. Your idols will be broken, may be broken and made to cease. Your incense altars may be cut down and your works may be abolished. It's rubble. There's nothing there. And if you allow God, he can rebuild whatever truth that was there. Whatever truth was there. We think we love God. This is me talking to me, folks. I'm telling you, we think we love God. We really do, man. It's no longer about us and all things. It's not. Another thing I kind of got when I've got this before, but it came back to me in worship was Paul was so sold out to God. That even in his assignment, he said, Lord, I don't know whether to be with them or to be with you. He was so sold out to God that he wanted to be in heaven with Jesus. You know, he spent the least amount of time with the apostles. I mean, with Jesus than the apostles. I don't know if the other apostle had said that. I haven't read it. They might have said that I would rather be with the Lord Jesus than to be here with you. What type of love do we have for God? Our mission truly should be. It's to bring Jesus back so we can go be with him. That's wild to me because, you know, we're attached to so many things in this world. It said the things that are seen are the things that are uh, that are not eternal or that are temporal. But the things that are unseen are the things that are everlasting. I want the everlasting things. I'm tired of my world getting shaken up every five years, every two weeks. I am. I want some stability. I really want some authority. I want some dominion. And that's just to bring Jesus back. Your whole outlook has to change. It's no longer about me. How fast can we get Jesus back to experience true joy, to experience true happiness, to experience true peace? Yes, we can have it here. He wants us to have it here. What are our motives? All right, I got Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What is your refuge? What is your strength? It says, cursed is a man who trusts in man. And cursed is the man who makes his flesh his strength. From what I learned, 
I believe curse means death. So death to the man who trusts in himself pretty much. But what is our refuge? It's in the spots. What do we divert to when we're having a hard time? What do we go to when we're, we're in an issue or in a circumstance that we can't seem to move our mind away from? Let's just be honest with ourselves. You know, is it eating? Is it sex? Is it TV? Is it gambling? What is it? I've experienced that before, so I know how that'll make me feel. That could be your refuge. And we lean on that more than we lean on the presence of God. And then we puff ourselves up because we did such a good job in the thing we've done before. And that's how we make it our strength. <laughs> and that thing is getting ready to tear us apart. Okay, I got Mark 4, 21 through 23. Also, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed. Nor has anything been kept secret, but that should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Everything is going to be known. I don't care what you got. You in God's kingdom. It's going to come. It's going to come out. There's no secrets in God. But what I really want to point out is it says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When deception is operating, you cannot fully hear, no matter what side. So as deception is operating on this side, and I'm the hearer, I can't hear what's coming forth, the truth behind it. And the same thing. If deception is operating forth, my ears cannot be open to what God truly wants me to hear out of it. But once the truth is revealed, there's another level of hearing if you're willing to accept the truth that which came out. And now you don't hear with your own motives and with your own control behind it because there's no more deception. Deception knows deception. So if someone's deceiving me, I'm going to offensively deceive them back. And make, I'm, I'm hearing basically what I'm saying. I'm hearing what I want to hear. I'm controlling the situation. But once all that stuff is taken away, truth can be spoken and it can be heard from what it needs to be heard. And then if we allow God to work on that truth in us, there's another level of hearing that can come. You can hear with God behind it. That's why Gene and Lee, they're not operating. You can tell there's love that just bellows off of them. There's no deception operating out of their mouth or in their ears. That's time spent with God. That's just what it is. It allows you to be purified in his presence. And when you get purified in God's presence, the truth is you really don't want to divert the sin. You don't. You don't want to go back because you've been there before and you know what it leads to. Pain and death. And God leads to life and peace. I would spend a lot of time in Mark, I guess, this past week. Carrie pulled me and uh, Carl off to the side and talked about how Jesus went to the mountain. He called his apostles and then he appointed 12. 
which truly means there had to be more than 12 because he appointed 12. And um, those guys got selected, and he taught them and gave them power. So I've been spending some time in Mark 4. And then this is, everybody knows the scriptures, Mark 4, 35 through 41. And I believe it talks about Jesus going to the other side. It said, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now, when they have left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And, on, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that, it's already fi- that it was already feeling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How did that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Okay, I'm going to go here. God knows what we need to hear when we need to hear it. Okay, he gives us instructions. He gives us uh, promises. He gives us all these things, knowing that the storm is coming. Knowing that in the storm, He's going to be fast asleep because he's already spoke the word to you. He's going to be he's going to see if you're willing to trust his word on what he said. See, in our lives, we can receive a word so many different ways. They walked with Jesus. You can receive a prophecy. You can get illuminated word out of the word or you can get a word of knowledge or you can just be receiving a word through teaching. Will we hold on to what we heard? And in the Gospels, it talks about the seeds that get sown in the ground. You have all these different, you know, soils or all these different grounds that either take the seed or don't take the seed. The truth is, when that storm comes, what soil are you? No matter how much the pain. If we're dead to ourselves and alive to Christ, we're so willing to live for God. Paul did it. He did it. He suffered. He did. He was willing to do it for Jesus, though, with joy. So if we're dead to ourselves, I hate saying if we're dead to ourselves, if the old man is dead, I do. It's just like it's so demoralizing. Good. We're going to destroy this flesh. It's done. But if we're truly have allowed the old man to die, whatever God has called us to, even if there's pain with it, we should be able to do it with joy. And the truth is, if we're in the spirit, we ain't going to experience pain. That is a fleshly feeling. So. If you feel pain, you need to worship more. (laughs) It's beautiful that God loves us so much that he'll never allow us to walk in deception when we're in his kingdom. He'll never allow us to move in a place where our lives can be compromised. He won't. He's that kind of God. And we have to love God so much that we don't compromise who he is before the people. And we do that a lot in our words, in our actions, and in our thoughts. You know, we wear our thoughts on our face. Well, I know I wear mine on my face. That is it's a Halloween costume every week, every month, every second when I'm going through it. But we truly have to represent Christ no matter what the circumstance. And to be honest, it says the, the worldly man can perceive the spiritual things. 
but a spiritual man can perceive spiritual things. I have a quick testimony. Me and Carl went to a Christian Business Alliance thing this morning for Blades of Glory and Carl at C.E. Hall uh, Enterprises. And from the outside, you can't see anything going on. I, I, I clean myself up. I'm going, I don't really want to be about, like, I'm like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to meet some people. We're really going to, you know, see what the Lord has for us here. You know me, I get up, I introduce Blades of Glory. Everybody's in awe because <laughs> I just, I'm a, you know, a fun-loving guy. And we get ready to leave. I go hug a woman. Um, and this woman was definitely different out the group. She's an older woman. I hug her. And as we're moving apart, we both kind of lean back like this. And our eyes connect. And she said, yeah. And I said, yeah. And she said, yeah. <laughs> this is how the exact conversation went. And she said, a higher calling. I said nothing about being ordained. All I said was blaze of glory. And I spoke about being kings and priests. Because that's what it was. There's a bunch of people that was promoting their ministry and a bunch of people, you know, same people promoting businesses and ministry as a package. And I said, uh, I got up and I said, this is, this is what God brought us to. Look, we brought together kings and priests. And we, the ladies stood back. I didn't even, you know, just, we couldn't even say, hey, we didn't even say hello. Stood back, looked at each other. And she said, yeah. And it's like we already knew what we was talking about. She was already willing to see what was perceived in the spirit and not in the flesh. Like I said, you would have never known that anything could have been going on in my life because my face, I had, you know, you know, we can mask things. You know how we feel because we're going before people. And uh, she called it right out the blue. I can't run away from this no matter how much I want to. And the truth is, I really don't want to because there's nothing else to live for. I've lived almost every other thing, y'all. I have and I'm 26. Hey, my beautiful bride. And um, I've lived almost every other life. There's nothing that compares to this. This brings me joy. You see how they, like, before I came up here, it wasn't me. But as I stepped into what God has called me to do, he's lifting me. He's healing me. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Because that's all we really want. We want to be healed and be made whole. And then once we're made whole, we can really go before the people and help them. We really can. And God does it. You know, I didn't have to say nothing to anybody in there about me having about to be an ordained minister. I said zero of that. Actually, I tried to stay away from that because I really want to see God move. And he did. The lady didn't even say, hey. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we did. But it edified me because it shows that what God is doing, no man can break. No man can tear down. Nothing. Not even myself. I love it. I, I, I believe that. God has called me to something great. And when there's greatness, there are some things that we're going to have to endure, not for ourselves. It's never been about us. We look back in our lives and we think, man, I went through this so I could come out of this. Negatron. The truth is, yeah, we experience it and we experience God's grace, God's mercy. But it's for the testimony of the other. I believe there's going to be a time in this place. We'll get up in one word to be spoken, and people will get set free instantly. Yeah. And then we'll get to a place where the presence is just so off the chain that they walk in. Yes. They don't have to hear anything. Yeah. And they say, I, I got changed. I believe that. But there's a cost that comes with that. There is. It's not for us to live for ourselves anymore. Have we really given it up at all? That is the true test. 
Lee talks about being brought to zero. Lord, you hear it over and over again. She got brought to zero. You can see it. She's humble. You get brought to zero, you humble. You are. It's the truth, and God does it. I thought I had everything gone. Nope. But that's because of ignorance, you know? I can allow God to do whatever God wants to do in my life, but we can also not allow God to do what he wants to do in our life. We say zero, we say death in here, only to let you know that you're not the only one that went through it. Not to glorify or edify ourselves about what has happened in my life to make me so great or how I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. The truth is, just to let you know, give you some comfort. You're not the only one. You're really not. And I can't imagine what Mr. Hall went through for 20 years without anybody. Zero. Hey, I got, <laughs> I got Lee, Gene, Carey, all y'all. And I'm like, oh, Lord, let's just go ahead and just get it over. I'm like, Paul, just let me come back to you, God. I'm ready. Um, but he's so good because there is truth and love, and there is love and truth. That's just the bottom line. And God's willing to do whatever he needs to do in our life. That's all I have. That's it. That was really, I, I'm in a place wherever God moves me. I can flow with him. That's just the truth. Uh, I have on here, we're not bound to the flesh. You're not. Once that thing is decayed and buried and is not trying to resurrect itself, you're not bound to it. Gene said something the other day, maybe two days ago or maybe yesterday. He said, he, can I say this about you fasting? Okay. <laughs> I love it. This joke comes out of worship, and you know he worships because his face is red, and he's like got a golden luster going around him. Yep. <laughs> and uh, he might have been driving 100 miles per hour on the road because he zooms in. Yeah! I'm like, talk about hit the uh, garbage can, gets out the car. He said, Lord, up something. I'm on a fast today, and I never fast pretty much. He said, but I'm fasting to let Satan know I'm not held to my flesh. I'm not bound to my flesh. I said, it took me back. What you mean you fasted? It shook me. What can we, like, that's the honest truth. I'm not, I'm not bound to my flesh. I don't got to eat. Think about it like that. I don't have to eat. That's what the world says. Colossians uh, 2.20 talks about if we have died with Christ, we're no longer a part of this elementary principles of the way the world works. We don't fall into those categories no more. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm letting him know right now I'm not bound to my flesh. I said, man, it made me want to not eat and made me not want to sleep. I don't need sleep either, Satan. <laughs> you a chump. I don't need none of that. I said, I'm going to take one day out of the week and stay up for 24 hours and not eat that whole day. He didn't even have to teach that. All he had to do was say it. You see how I jogged my mind? That's revelation. People want to spend, <laughs> I don't know, man, hundreds and hundreds of dollars on ministry tapes and all this different stuff. Man, he said two words, four words, five words, I don't know how it works. I just want to know I'm not bound to my flesh. And my mind just went crazy. What do you mean? I didn't say nothing to him for the rest of the time we was talking. I just looked at him like this, like, I said, I need to meet with you, bro. What you mean you're not bound to you? You're not eating today? I don't know, last time I went without a meal. Uh, it's something we experience with God. You can't put words on it. You can't describe it. When you're willing 
and obedient to give up everything. Again, I'm speaking to myself. But there's something you experience with God that will allow you to never go back. Ever. Ever. Ever again. And it's not pain. Pain helps us to not go back. It's but it's what we experience with God. Truth. I'm in love with him because he's never harmed me. He hasn't. It says, curses that man, that trusted man. God is good. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, thank you. Praise the Lord. That was definitely all him because you look at my notes, she's like, where is he reading from? Um, I just want to honor Tori. She is so beautiful. I am very blessed. I am so blessed because I have a woman that is willing to honor God before all things, even before me. Tori, I want to honor you because what I see in you, I've always seen. Know that it's not for anything or it's not for nothing. It's always for a greater good. And I want to honor God. Because if I didn't have God the way I have God now, I would be dead. I would be lost. I would be hurt. I'd be in a place that I would not want to be. And God is willing to do anything for those who love him. All right. Do you want to end this in prayer? Yeshiva. Father God, in Jesus' name, we've all been humbled again this night. And we thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for working on our hearts, our souls, our minds, and every component to our souls, dear Lord God. And just help us to recognize that you are first, you are ahead, you are higher than anything here in this earth realm. That's why we worship you in spirit and in truth, because you are a spirit. And we also remind ourselves that we are spirit beings that dwell in an earthly, fleshly body that has a soul. So we honor you this night, Father God, and thank you for your word through your servant, and that signs, wonders, and miracles have followed because you're healing our hearts. We see where Chris has been broken, now he's mended. And we were also broken. Now we are mended. Mended by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this solemn moment of your word by your spirit through your servant. And we gladly receive. And now our soul does rejoice in the Lord our God and Savior. We bless you and we honor you and we praise you. In Jesus Christ's Jesus holy name, name. Amen. amen.